0: Hello everyone, this is Nicole Zhao, the podcast editor at The Daily Pennsylvanian. Today, I'm joined with Ryan, another member of the podcast department. This semester, we are bringing back Penn Daily, talking with reporters and writers here at the DP, learning about the behind the scenes of their stories and articles. Today, we are chatting with Imran about his article, which he dives inside fossil-free encampment outside College Hall. Imran, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Imran Siddiqui. I'm the politics desk editor at the Daily Pennsylvanian, and I'm a junior at Penn studying political
0: science. Yeah. Um, before we jump in, why don't you give us a quick summary regarding the protests?
1: Um, so, Fossil Free Penn has been hosting an encampment on College Green, camping out in tents for the past two and a half weeks now. Um, they have three demands, and they don't plan to leave until Penn has publicly met all three. Um, their demands are one, that Penn commits to preserving the UC townhomes, commits money or land towards that. Second, they want Penn to completely divest from fossil fuels. And three, they want Penn to make payments and move taxes or pilots.
0: Imran, tell me a little bit more about the process writing the story, especially the people you met and interviewed.
1: So we've written a lot about the Fossil Free Penn encampment and a lot of their actions for the past years. They've been advocating for divestment for the past eight years now. And so with this encampment, we've written about the original story and then about their press conference this story was hopefully more understanding the people behind the encampment and how they've been living on College Green for the past two weeks. What have they dealt with? Um, why are they here? Why do they care so much? So it was really cool getting to like sit down and talk to, I spoke with four Fossil Free pen coordinators about their process planning the encampment, what the community they've built on campus is like, and why they care so much about this important issue. It was really cool to speak with them personally.
2: In this article, you talk about the encampment, the goals and responses they've received. While interviewing the students, did they also touch on why they are personally involved?
1: I think a lot of them had some personal connections either to Philadelphia or climate justice. A lot of these people care very passionately about this and have been caring about this for a long time. And they spoke to me, I think you specifically, they're a sophomore at Penn. And they spoke to me about how the encampment, they believe, is the best way that they can personally put time and effort into this issue that they care about because compared to like some other climate justice initiatives like going vegan or using plastic straws, the collective action that the university completely divesting from fossil fuels would have is ginormous compared to any individual impact.
0: The encampment and the issues they address have longstanding coverage from the DP. For the people involved in the protests, how has the protest changed over time?
1: of Free Penn had their first encampment last semester, um, and they built a strong community, but they felt like some of their demands were not really concrete. So going into this semester, I think they planned from over the summer, and they met with representatives of the Coalition to Save the UC Townhomes and Penn for Pilots to really narrow down three concrete demands that they hope that Penn can achieve and they should be able to achieve. And that's how they kind of came with this one, um, more organized and deliberate with their demands.
2: The students spoke about how they originally declined to meet with Penn Admin, Did they speak about why and what may have prompted a change of heart?
1: So I think it's a little bit, the timeline's a little bit confusing. I think that they, from July, the coordinators that I spoke to said that they reached out to admin um, and they've been planning a meeting for months now. And a lot of the times either like scheduling didn't work out or Penn, uh, Penn would say just like the vice president of University of Life would meet with them rather than President McGill or any board of trustees members themselves, which Fossil Free Penn felt like wasn't fair to them because they'd already met with vice president of University of Life, Tamara Greenfield before. And they wanted to meet with more of the decision makers who can actually create these change on campus that they wish. So right now they've been asked to meet with McGill, but only if they take down the encampment, um, which they're not willing to do. So I think right now the the status of the meeting is up in the air. Fossil Free Penn says that they're willing to meet with admin, but they will not take down the encampment until the demands are publicly met.
0: The weather has been pretty ferocious out there over the weekend. What are some of the mental tolls and obstacles that the people at the encampment face?
1: I know that they took precautions for the hurricane and they kind of barricaded themselves against College Hall. But I'm sure it was not an easy couple of nights there. I can't speak directly to any specific coordinator about their mental health, um, but I'm sure that the people that I spoke to specifically said that it's been, it hasn't been easy. They found a lot of like grace and community with the encampment. But I think that constant Backlash from administration has not been easy, but they are fighters, I feel like.
2: In the article, you discussed how FPP coordinator Sarah Sternbach discussed her happiness surrounding students offering to bring food or money for supplies. Did they discuss who or what supplies were brought, especially when the weather is terrible and they're in need of help?
1: I think what's been really cool talking to the coordinators is how much communities play a role in this, Um, whether that's the community itself within the encampment or outside the Penn community. So, something that they spoke to about. Was that the tents that they have? While some of them are from fossil free pen coordinators, their own tents, UPOC, which is the University of Penn's outdoor club. Um, donated a lot of tents for them to use, and also the coalitions had the UC Townhomes had a month-long encampment over the summer on the UC Townhomes property. A lot of residents donated their tents to help the, the encampment students this past two weeks. Also, throughout the past two weeks, they've been receiving lots of like food. For example, when I was there, they were eating a baked CD that was donated by a student. So I think it's been really cool to see how the Penn communities kind of come together and wider Philadelphia communities come together um, to support the encampment.
0: Speaking of the Penn community, in your article, you mentioned that there are student organizations across campus that have partnered with the encampment. Can you talk a little bit more about it?
1: Definitely. Um, It's really cool to see, like I mentioned, how wide the Penn community has spread itself to kind of support the encampment. I know the people that I spoke to said that generally everyone's been really positive. So this includes like student groups, for example, Onda Latina, Latinx dance group hosted a salsa training on College Green on last Friday which is cool to see all these like small clubs, not small clubs necessarily, but these clubs from a wide variety of backgrounds kind of host their own events. The Ultimate Frisbee team hosted an event, and then just other progressive groups on campus, like Pan Against Occupation um, had their meeting today on College Green, just to show that people care and people support the encampment.
2: Students clearly want to help. How would you say students are encouraged to come by the encampment and engage with the message if they want to?
1: Definitely. I think the coordinator stressed to me is that it can seem scary to like walk onto College Green, especially like during when everyone's there. They might be like left out. They might be new, but they're all super like approachable and welcoming. And they just want people to like engage with their message. So while staying the night is like awesome and cool, the people that I spoke to said it's just as important, if not more important, to spend like three hours there just doing your homework or just chatting or eating some food there. It's all these little things that show that the Penn community is behind them that really matters the most to them.
0: What is, like, the goal or what is something you want your article to reach the pen community?
1: I think it can be, like, very, like, strange seeing these, like, group of, like, 20 kids camping on College Green. It can be, like, who are these people? Why do they care so much? I hope my article kind of like humanizes them in a way. I hope I'm able to provide some idea of like who these people are, why they care so much and why this issue is so important to them. And I hope that people understand that these are like everyday students that are literally camping on College Green, brushing their teeth at Houston Hall every night and charging their electronics in class the next day because there's no outlets.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Imran, thank you so much for coming in today. Um, It was great talking to you and learning more about the encampment itself.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope everyone had a great time listening to today's discussion, and please do check out Enron's article, which I have linked in the description below. I'll see you guys next
2: time.